This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. We always want the approval of everyone. We want people to approve of us. Let me tell you, don't expect man to approve you. It's better that Jesus approves you. And he simply will approve you based on your love and faith in him. He never said, get your act together, then I'll love you. No, I love you the way you are. But Jesus, I love you. And it's through the son of Jesus Christ that you will be approved. Don't expect the approval of men. Oftentimes as people, we look to others for confirmation on our life choices and the decisions we make daily. When you look to mankind for appreciation or approval, they will only judge you by your actions. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will encourage you to look to the Lord for approval. You don't have to be perfect or sinless to go to the Father. God will never judge you on your sins. He judges based on your love for His Son, Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message by faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 1 is the only verse in the Bible that gives us a description of faith. It's a description. It is not the definition of faith. Don't confuse the two. It is a description. Thus, this is the reason why he is going to give those examples of faith. But it's a description. And it's described, in two, it's described by two. He said, first, it's the substance. The first word is substance. The second one is evidence. But substance... Some of your translation, you may have assurance, but in the Greek, it literally means a setting, a substructure, a foundation, or the essence or the reality is some other translations as well. So in other words, kind of summing up with this, this portion of substance, faith treats things hoped for as reality. And understand that in your walk with the Lord, Faith treats things hopeful as a reality, and that's what faith is all about. Secondly, is the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence, it's, uh, in the Greek, it means proof or conviction. It's a legal term, and that is used as, as in a courtroom, and is regarding proof of a person's innocence or guilt. And so faith itself proves that what is unseen is real. Unseen, it's real. You know, and that's what faith is all about. And he said, okay, faith. You know, we talk about things that we need to see. Well, you know, we don't see love. We see the evidence of it. We don't see the air. We, we feel the evidence of it. We're using it. It's going in and out of our lungs. We see the evidence of it. Dr. J. Oswald Sanders writes this, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present, and the invisible as seen. 
He wrote over 40 books. Great, great commentator. Now, the 17th century commentator Matthew Henry describes faith like this. He said, it is a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all that he has promised to us in Christ. Period. And so these are descriptions. And you know, it doesn't matter what the world believes or wants to believe. It is by faith for the believer in Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. It is our faith in Christ that allows us to understand what God has done in the past. It is our faith in Christ that allows us what God is doing today in the present. It is faith in God that has us understand what God will do in the future. God controls everything. And our faith is completely on him. And faith allows us to see what others cannot see. And that's important. Because to the believer, I'm not saying, you know, hey, we could see things that you don't see, you know. Says, <laughs> you tell that to somebody in the street that doesn't know Jesus. I can see things you don't see. I said, okay. <laughs> Spiritually here. We're having a spiritual 2020 vision, if you will. But you know what? I think, uh, you know, Jesus said it best when he said to Doubting Thomas, and let me tell you, I am so grateful for the disciples and their flaws because I find myself in every one of them. But because of doubting, Thomas said, when the disciples said to Thomas, Thomas, you should have been here. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Jesus was here. And Thomas said, well, you know what? Until I touch the scars on his side, his hand, I don't believe. And then Jesus all of a sudden, poof, appears. And Jesus said to Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. And here's where you and I come in, right here at the end of this verse. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you and I. Neither one of us was there at the garden. Neither one of us was at the cross. But we believe Jesus Christ. We believe that he died on the cross and we believe that he rose again. That is faith. We wasn't there, but we believe. And even in that faith, you know it's powerful. You knew that you are having faith as something that you did not witness, but has changed your life. And you see it changed the life of millions. And that is faith. Verse 1, we're going to read into verse 2 to get the context. Verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it, that is faith, the elders, he's referring to the Old Testament saints, the elders obtain a good testimony. He's getting ready to introduce the Old Testament saints who are in the hall of faith. And he's saying, this is how they obtained a good testimony. How did they obtain a good testimony? Well, by faith. They lived by faith. They walked in faith. They believed in Christ by faith. Their life is by faith. Everything about them is by faith. And the fact, you know, again, that's the reason why the writer of Hebrew, he begins by introducing these saints with the two words, by faith, Abel, by faith, Edoch, by faith, Noah, he goes on to Moses, David, and others by faith because it is by faith. Now, the second question, looking at the end of verse 2, 
by whom did the saints obtain this good testimony? It's referring to someone. Now, in the, the Revived Standard Version, uh, it, it puts it much better because it fits in with the context. It says, for it, they received divine approval. They received divine approval. In other words, they were approved by God. They, had a, they obtained a good testimony by God. Yes, the world witnessed how they were able to stay the course. Yes, they were, the world was able to witness how through trials and tribulation and persecution, they were able to continue to run the race and trust in God. But the approval comes from God. And I think that's important. Because quite often we want the approval of man. We always want the approval of everyone. We want people to approve of us. Let me tell you, don't expect man to approve you. It's better that Jesus approves you. And he simply will approve you based on your love and faith in him. He never said, get your act together, then I'll love you. No, I love you the way you are. But Jesus, I love you. And it's through the son of Jesus Christ that you will be approved. Don't expect the approval of men. It is the approval of God. And I think it's in our nature. We want people to love us, accept us, and approve of us. But as you realize, it doesn't matter who approves of me. What matters is that God approves. As a matter of fact, we see this with, with God approved Abraham. Abraham who never had a Bible. Moses wasn't even in the picture. Genesis wasn't even thought to be written. Abraham believed. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says this, and he, speaking of Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, that is the Lord, accounted to him for righteousness. Accounted it to him as righteousness. Simply by believing. You mean Abraham didn't do a sacrifice? No. You mean Abraham didn't face to the east and pray three times a day? No. You mean he didn't join some kind of Jewish group? No. He's the first Jew, actually. <laughs> Simply by believing, the just shall live by faith. That theological term that makes people crazy, especially the people who say, I got to do something. No. Religion is work, trying to work your way up to God. Man's works, man's ways. Relationship with Jesus is Christ coming down, dying on the cross for us. The work is completed. Abraham is one of those Old Testament saints that received divine approval, obtained good, a good testimony. That applies for us. When we, we've been approved by God, every single one of us who have been born again, saved, received Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 said, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not of works, not of religion. It's simply by grace of God and through faith. Because we have been right before God, we too obtain a good testimony and this testimony of life is being approved by God and I think that's 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 the important thing that's the only thing that should matter can you imagine the testimony that even the writer of Hebrews has is writing the, the lives of these hall of faithers if you will because of the testimony you see when you live for God 
and you seek the king the first and his righteousness, all things will be added to you, you will be blessed. But can you imagine the lives of people around you witnessing your testimony? Because you're living for God is a testimony that, that extends out to the world. Your friends and family will say, well, there's something different about you. You're just focusing on God and you're becoming more and more like Christ. That's the point. And it's a testimony. Because, look, the Old Testament saints, they too, you find that they had different lives. They had different circumstances. They went through trials and tribulations. Many of them been killed. But they walked by faith and they finished well. And so to have a good testimony for us, we need to focus on the Lord, get his approval, but we also need to walk by faith, right? Walk by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. It's by faith. Everything's by faith, not by sight. And that's what makes Christianity different from all other religion is that it is not, I need to see it to believe it, but I, I see it because I believe it. I see it because. Now, the writer is going to, after giving us the description of faith, he's going to give some examples. And we're going to now walk through the hall of faith, if you will. And we're going to see some Old Testament saints. But before he mentions the first saint, the first thing, he goes to the very beginning. He goes to the very beginning to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And now he's going to talk about creation. Because creation is something that we need to believe. We must believe. It all started with God. In the beginning, God. And what he has done before the, the saints come along. And so he goes all the way back because everything the Bible tells us about creation, we must believe. Regardless of the evolutionists, you know, they, it's becoming more and more unpopular. It's a theory, it's not a fact. Evolution is a theory, it's not a fact. Okay? But we need to believe. And here it is. Let's look at verse 3. He says, by faith... We understand that the world, speaking of the universe, were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. You see, God has created everything, the seen and and the unseen. You know, there are a lot of things we just can't see. (laughs) But God created it all. And what does does it say here in verse 3? He framed it by the word of God. Let's look at John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word is logos. The word is speaking of Jesus Christ. And he goes to verse 2, is speaking of the word, he was in the beginning with God, the Father. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then you drop down to verse 14, but John chapter 1 verse 14, it said, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Emmanuel, Jesus Christ. It was all created by God. But here he's speaking about the things that are seen. The things that are seen were not made of things that were seen. In other words, God created everything out of nothing. 
Nothing. You know, I don't know. I hope I don't mess this joke up. It was a man who said, well, I could create everything, you know. And he said, God, you create, I, I can create too. A kind of power. And he said, okay. The Lord said, go ahead. See if you could create anything. I said, let me get some dirt. He said, no, no, no. I created that. Okay. I'll get it better for you next time. The point is, God created everything, okay? Everything. Everything. He created everything. And everything exists because of him. By his word, he spoke it into existence. Now, here's, here's the faith that he's talking about creation. If you read and believe by faith, the first sentence in the entire Bible, the very first sentence, Genesis 1.1, if you believe that first verse, then you have no problem with the rest of the Bible. Interestingly, how God, but listen, you know, to say God is genius is an under, I mean, think about this. Let's read Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created. That word created, there's two words in the Hebrew for create. There's creating out of something. And then there's creating out of nothing, bara. And that's this word, bara, out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Simple. If you have no problem with that first verse, the first sentence, first chapter, first verse, you wouldn't have problems with the rest of the Bible. But if you're a Christian and you can't put that, wrap that around your head, you're going to have problems interpreting everything else. Okay? God created heaven and earth. Everything. This sentence, you can ask a young toddler, a five or six-year-old, from a Christian home, who created heaven and earth? God. That's it. Very simple. Not even in kindergarten. A child could tell you God created heaven and earth. Yet, we have professors in universities still trying to figure it out. God has a sense of humor. Is he a genius? Yes. They can't explain anything. Um, Isaac Newton, one of the greatest scientists of all history, he believed in God. And some of his colleagues didn't believe in God. So this is what he did. He in his living room, you could, you could look, search this story. In his living room, he created a solar system. You know how kids, they, the science project, oh, I got to create a solar system. He created his whole solar system in his living room. And once he was finished, he invited his colleagues who didn't believe in God. And they came in, the first thing they said, where did this come from? You know what he said? It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. No, it just shows that there's an intelligent design, there's an intelligent creator. That is it. You know, there was one time that I was talking to one of my supervisors, sergeant. He was at a desk, and I was just trying to illustrate with him using coins. That's when coins were in your pocket in those days. <laughs> and I was trying to say this big bang, right? They have no answer. How everything originated. Okay, where we all started from? Oh, from rocks. Where did the rocks come from? Oh, cosmic soup. Okay, whatever. And so, the Big Bang Theory, right? Now, if you, physics, right? Something explodes, all the planets should be circulating the, the same direction. How come you have almost four planets are not circling the same direction? What happened? It was a hiccup? I don't know. And to have the, let's put it this way, here's the logic. It's circular reasoning. How do you, how do you, age the, the fossil. 
Well, we age the, the stones. How do you age the stones? The fossil. Who, what do you, how do you know how old anything is? And to have intelligent life, you know, from water, air, you know, gravity, electric, all these things have to, has to line up perfectly. And what are the chances? Here's, here's the logic of it. You know, everything, air has to be exact. Think about it. If the sun was just a little bit closer to the earth, we would burn. If the sun was a little bit further, we would freeze, right? Everything's lined up. Here's the logic behind it. If I gave you 10 pennies, you, line, you, you number all the 10 pennies, one through 10. Penny number one, penny number two, number two. And we can actually do that because we have bottles out there, right? Don't, not just kidding. And so you do one, and then you take all those 10 pennies, you shake them all up and put them in your pocket. Shake it all up. What are the chances as you go in your pocket taking out penny number one? One in 10 chances, right? Okay, put that penny back in your pocket. What are the chances of you taking out penny number one? And then the next one to be penny number two? One in a hundred. What are the chances, you put them back in your pocket, you take out penny number one, penny number two, penny number three, one in a thousand. Do we need to go any further? To have everything lined up to be precisely, to have life here, intelligent design. And then for Christians to say, well, I believe in a young earth because when I was a kid, it was a a hundred thousand years and then it became a million years. Now it was a billion years old. How can that be? The Bible says day one. A day in the Hebrew is Y-O-M, yom. And it means a little 24-hour days. That's faith. I believe God created heaven and earth. I believe the, God created the way it was because guess what? Hold on to your Bibles because the textbooks all scramble eggs. They don't have everything together. Missing links? It's not a missing link. They're missing links. Missing links. And what about the, the, the I'm getting into the book of Genesis. I'm going I'm to move on. But here, what about the law, the second law of thermodynamics? The, laws, the, laws, the second law of thermodynamics is that things get old. Things rust, right? We get old, right? I said, whatever happened to evolution? I'm, still, I'm dying. I'm getting worse. So you see, it, it just doesn't make sense. Faith. I believe Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all. Again, a a five-year-old, six-year-old can tell you, but a professor in university is still trying to figure it out. Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, 
visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race. 